is Dramatic Travels. Yo-ho out there in podcast land, Aaron Schlein here, and you have landed on episode number 24 of Dramatic Travels Family. Dramatic Travels Family is all about inspiring you to travel the world with your kids and providing you with the resources and support to make your family travel dreams take flight. I created the Dramatic Travels Family Facebook community so traveling families can support each other on their journeys. And we'd love to have you on board. It's totally free. And you can check us out at dramatictravels.com slash Facebook. All right, my friend, off we go. It's time to chat with today's guest. She's joining us all the way from Wisconsin in the United States of America. Her name is Leah Mish. Welcome to the show, Leah. Are you ready to share your dramatic travels? Rock and roll. Let's go. Let's do it. Leah travels the open road, sharing her story through her love of motorcycles. After escaping an abusive relationship, Leah adopted the motto, You Go Girl, as she continued a journey of overcoming adversities, breaking through barriers, and achieving her life goals. Leah's empowering story of survival brings alive the spirit of You Go Girl in us all. Leah, that's your official bio. Give us some background and tell us, what does You Go Girl mean to you? Oh, gosh. I love it. You're so enthusiastic. Um, and so You Go Girl uh, first started eight years ago um, after I left an abusive relationship, and I was just really lost in who I was as a person um, and what my my goals were in life. Um, at the time, I was morbidly obese. I had high blood pressure, high cholesterol, pre-diabetic, and I was in my 20s, so I was young to have those conditions, and I think it was just like a, a time for me to reassess what my goals were in life. Um, so I created my bucket list, um, and on that bucket list, I had put um, uh, to start being more healthy, uh, living more healthily. So, a nutrition, exercise. So on the first thing on that list was to run my first 5K. Um, and at that time, I didn't know that there was a difference between a marathon and a 5K. So I actually had <laughs> written um, to run my first, to, to run a marathon. Um, and it's fun telling people the story of that because I trained for that first 5K for six weeks and I put together a team and I called it You Go Girl. So it was to encourage other people in the community uh, to be active. So it was part of a community fitness challenge, and I knew that I needed to have some um, encouragement as well as wanted to kind of have like a buddy system of checking in with people um, to be physically active so I didn't drop it and give up on um, on making some changes. Uh, and so I put together the team that you go girl and it was just friends and family in the community um and the goal was to get 30 minutes of physical activity in in a day uh for six weeks and then that challenge led up to a 5k um, and it benefited a cause that i was passionate about so i wondered if i could do a 5k and so i signed up for it uh, started to to train started to be more active and it was interesting as i started being more active um, i felt like eating better and had more energy, which gave me the energy to be more active. So it was kind of like this huge turning point in my life. Uh, but You Go Girl started way back uh, in 2010, and it's really cool to see where it's grown and where it's gone since then. But I remember that week after um, uh, doing my first 5K, again, I thought a marathon was just a race, like a running race. I thought a 5K was a marathon. Um, I was going around and telling people, 
well, that I did my first marathon at that time, it was still pretty heavy and people are looking at me like confused, like, wait, you ran a marathon? Because it was still pretty heavy at that time. I was like, yeah, I did it. And I ran the whole thing. I didn't even stop. Um, and they're like, you ran 26.2 miles? And I remember looking like, oh my gosh, no, no, 26.2 miles? Like, no, I ran three miles. People people run that far <laughs> for fun <laughs> but but why um so i remember you know thinking back then you know that's like impossible to run the 26 miles and uh, it's really been really cool since then you know that was eight years ago um to see where things led um how life took me i ended up breaking my back in an accident later on that year after finding this passion to run and after finding my health and being active and, you know, choosing healthy lifestyle choices, uh, I was in a motorcycle accident and broke my back, punctured my lung, um, and I should have been paralyzed from the touchdowns. I almost lost that ability to do something that was, that I just found like a passion for and was changing my life. Um, But fast forward a few more years, I got back up and did that you go girl thing of like, huh, I wonder if I could, could run a marathon someday. Um, so I started slow. I started at the Y with um, the older adults in the the pool doing some water aerobics uh, to rehab my back and started doing some yoga, um, running slowly, walking slowly, or walking, running slowly again. I did a 5K again and then a five-mile run. Did my first half marathon and when I completed my first half marathon, that's where I had that you go girl um, uh, mentality of, of, okay, I did this and I never thought that I could. So I got back on a motorcycle after being off of it for almost two years and was like, okay, I can do this and just go slow one step at a time, like that first 5K. Um, Yeah, and so then that was the day that I started riding uh, again and I bought another bike um, started and there's lots of stories that are in between all this, but I don't want to get off too too far off subject. But um, I eventually went on to finish um, eight, eight marathons I've done uh, so far. But I, I remember doing my first marathon when I was 26 years old. I was like, well, this just makes sense. 26 miles and 26 years old. And it was on May 26. So I'm like, I have to do the marathon. Um, so I did. And I, it was, again, something that I never thought that I could do. Um, and I like sharing that with people because a lot of people are like, oh, I can't, I can't do similar things of achieving goals or, um, or, or like I could never do that or I could never ride a motorcycle around the country or you know, I could never run a marathon. And really, like, I will tell you the stories of how, you know, I really not, didn't think that I could after all these things. And it just takes that beginning step to get started um, and continuing on. Well, let's talk about that for a second. The the motor riding the motorcycles around the country because that really is um, one of the things that drew, uh, drew me to you initially was the project. What you're doing right now, you're riding around the country, you're you're speaking at various various gigs, and you're posting on your blog. So let's talk about that for just a second, and then we're going to go back in time, back to to a young Leah Mish, and we'll talk about traveling as a youngster. But real quick, just tell us about what you're doing right now, riding around the country. Hi. So my, my goal is to ride my Indian Scout in all of the states. Uh, so far, I've traveled 38 states, um, and I have almost 38,000 miles on my motorcycle. Um, and it's me and my motorcycle scout. So when I say 
Scout and I are traveling around the United States, people often think like, oh, you're traveling with somebody? It's like, no, it's just my motorcycle and I, I talk to it like it's my friend. <laughs> Not just your motorcycle, that's your that's your traveling companion. I love that you have a name for it. It really yeah. kind of makes it personal and fun. Yeah, yeah. So it started back in 2015 when I um, bought that, that motorcycle. I did a 10,000-mile tour around the western states. Um, and I've done it in different segments. I've toured all of the western states um, and then the eastern states. And all I have left right now are the, the New England states to, to ride. So I'm hoping to get there early next year um, and complete my goal. Oh, great. It sounds like, uh, well, I'm confident that you're going to get there because uh, between you know, overcoming obesity, running those marathons, overcoming a broken back, I'd say you've got um, achieving goals kind of down. So I've got no doubt that you're going to hit those those New England states. <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. Undertaking and a motorcycle adventure around this gigantic country that we live in, that takes a real sense of adventure. Where did that that sense of adventure come from? Uh, tell me about traveling as a child. Um, I It was interesting because as a child, we didn't really travel very much. And I think that's where this passion of traveling came from because I learned that there's this whole world of different things and different ways people live and different, you know, landscapes and climates uh, out there. I, when I grew up, uh, I grew up in Minnesota and we lived like a half hour away from Iowa and a half hour away from Wisconsin. So up until I was, I think, in 20 years old, I'd been in those three states in my entire life. I hadn't traveled any further than those states. Um, but when I got to college, I remember um, taking this racial and ethnics class and learning about different cultures and we traveled to Chicago for this racial and ethics class um, and I just remember having like this light of every you know like the world was so much more colorful than what I had known before and uh, meeting different people and seeing ways that different people lived um, it was interesting to me the whole cultural side of it and I think that kind of sparked that first passion of, of traveling because you know as a younger um, kid growing up with our family, we didn't really have a whole lot of going camping and stuff. Those are those are fun times, and I'm going to visit my cousins a few hours away. Uh, that was you know the extent of the, the traveling when I was younger. Um, so I think that's where it first started, and then I just was on this you know like I liked um, traveling and seeing new places and meeting new people, uh, and back. I think it was after I graduated from college, I had a, a goal of getting to all the states, like, you know, to see each different state, watch the sunrise or set. Um, so, yeah, it, when I was younger, we didn't do a whole lot of traveling. Um, as I got older, that I think inspired me to want to do more traveling. Um, having the sun, watching the sunrise or set, is that kind of how you officially check a box for having been in a state? Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like you can't just like ride through. Like I feel like I could ride through every state and just be like done with it. But um, to watch the sunrise or the sunset means like you actually spend some time. To me, it means you've actually spent some time and experienced um, a part of the state. So that is that is beautiful because that is kind of an eternal argument amongst travelers: is when do you officially check the box that I have been in this state or I've been in this country, you know, just is passing through the airport. Does that count? Does driving through count? Watching the sunrise or sunset. That's a good one. It's very measurable. And uh, I'm encouraging, I'm going to start using that and I'm going to encourage 
folks out there in podcast <laughs> land to do the same. Watch that sunrise, watch that sunset, and then you have been in that state. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's actually literally watch the sunrise or the sunset. Like there's so there's such peace and calmness in watching a sunrise or a sunset, and that's also a good time to reflect on what you're doing. So the traveling that you might be doing, or the time with the family that you're spending. But um, I look back at so many times that I've watched the sunrise or the sunset, and it's just like those are the times that were the most special to me. Over you know some of the things that I did or saw it was those those moments of reflecting back on the traveling give me an example of of why that's so special to you what kind of reflection are you do you do um i think just uh, looking back to where i started and where i came or things going on in life um, at the time um or having the uh, determination and you know doing something that you don't think that you can do um I don't know. I was actually just reflecting on some of the, the goals that I've accomplished, you know, kind of going through some of these questions. Um, and it was just like, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, oh, like I haven't really accomplished much in life. And looking back, uh, you know, yeah, like you have, it just takes that time of pausing for a moment. I don't know. Do you, I practice yoga. So those the meditation part or the, the self-reflection, that just alone time is very powerful. Yeah, anything you can do to quiet your mind, whatever whatever that happens to be for you. It sounds like for you, yoga, meditation. Uh, I I dabble in meditation. I really I think it's very very powerful. Um, I think just just exercise and quiet quiet walking is a great way that I used to clear my mind. And you know, no kidding, that's when I would say ninety percent of my ideas pop. That it's you know just pop into your head during those those quiet peaceful moments of reflection. So folks out there in podcast land, I know life's busy. I know you get caught up. It's really easy to get caught up in just the the craziness of the day to day, but take, even if it's just a few minutes every day to quiet your mind and you'll be surprised about what how your mind can really go to work for you and to help you, you know, give you the ideas and give you the the motivation to uh, the courage to to achieve those goals, and I think Leah is living proof of that. So, Leah, was there any person during that college era you talked about when you know you really started to have that awakening about what's out there in the world? Was there a person you can point to as a particular inspiration or a mentor during that time? Way back when I first started my bucket list, there was this guy that I had randomly met at a a restaurant that was traveling around the United States and he was from Australia, but he was traveling around the United States in his uh, camper and he wanted to go experience, you know, all all the states and that was his goal to to get to all the states and I just remember being like, whoa, is that possible? Like, that's, you know, that's a lot of states to try to um, travel. He had the guts to go do it by himself, and you know, I was like, "Well, I wonder how he did it, and I wonder if I could do something like that." And you know, looking to what are the steps that it takes. But I think I was always um, drawn to people that had uh, traveled or that had seen different places, and wondering, you know, could I do something similar, or um, what are the steps that it took uh, to to do that? So um, there were a couple of teachers that. Um, that had traveled. Uh, one in particular, she had recently gone to Australia and New Zealand. It was really cool because this year I went to New Zealand uh, and rode my motorcycle with uh, Lee Monroe. I don't know, have you ever seen the movie The World's Fastest Indian? I have not. With uh, Anthony Hopkins? Well, check it out. It's a good movie and it's a very inspiring movie 
about Bertman and reaching his land speed record and all the obstacles he overcame and trying to get to the United States uh, and race to the Bonneville Salt Flats. At, I think he was like 60 years old. Um, and he ends up overcoming all these obstacles and ways of trying to get there. And he finally got there and to the race. And they said that he couldn't race because um, he didn't register for it. And he came, you know, quite a distance. But he had left like a, a mark on some of the people that had that were into officials and uh, they ended up letting him race. This was like 50 years ago, I think. Um, and he ended up setting a land speed record after like, they're like, Oh, let the old guy run his motorcycle. He came all this way. Um, but he did. And he ended up setting a land speed record that still hasn't been broken today. So I met his nephew, grand nephew, um, when I was in Sturgis um, at one of the races and connected with him and then stayed in, touch and eventually went over to New Zealand and rode around with uh, Bertman Rose's son, so, or grandnephew, sorry, and met his son, um, John Monroe, while I was over there. So that was kind of cool. Um, That's super cool. And the name of that movie again, The World's Fastest Indian? Yeah, yeah. Check Thanks. it out. It's a good time. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. check it out for sure, and I'm going to link that up in the show notes, which you can check out at DramaticTravels.com slash 24. Check out the world's fastest Indian. I'm going to be all over that. Sounds like <laughs> an awesome flick. So, Leah, you've already described about how you broke your back, which is about as scary of a, an accident as I can imagine. But can you describe another scary or tense moment from your travels, just something that made a lasting impression? And tell me about the lessons that came out of that. Oh, gosh. <laughs> So a scary time in some of my travels? Yeah, just something. So the purpose, the reason I like to ask people this question is because there's a, just a lot of barriers, a lot of obstacles, a lot of things that keep parents from traveling with their kids and just people from traveling in general. And what I like to do is share the stories of people who have had some of those quote unquote worst case scenarios come true, who have lived through it, lived to tell the tale, and then can share back with the people who um, are struggling to help them overcome those fears. Well, so what started that ten thousand mile, uh, that ten thousand mile tour solo on the motorcycle around the country? Um, it, I didn't plan it to be that ten thousand miles. It ended up eventually leading to be ten thousand miles by the time I came back. Um, but I, I was in a wedding down in Vail, Colorado, and I wondered. You know, my job went from on site to remote, working from the computer and. Um, I remember at that time I was going to fly down and fly back to be in the office real quick. And I ended up thinking like, well, now that I don't necessarily have to be in the office, I can be working down in Colorado or in Paris or California. Um, I was like, well, it'd be really cool to ride a motorcycle all the way down um, to Colorado. And then I was like, wait, I wonder if I could ride a motorcycle all the way down to Colorado. Um, and so I shipped my dress down and I, packed a bag and this was like the first big tour that I had done and ended up getting down to Colorado and was like, well, I made it all the way down here. You know, I wonder if I could make it to, there was a million, the million dollar highway that's down in Colorado, um, near Durango in, in Silverton. Um, and I had remembered going past that, uh, in some prior years travel and, and thinking that it'd be really cool to ride that road. Um, so I continued on down there and then eventually to the Grand Canyon in California 
Um, but I didn't plan it to be all that at once. But in that time frame, there was a lot of crazy stories of things that happened. For instance, you know, I was uh, leaving that wedding in Vail, Colorado, and had drove down towards Durango. So I had a five-hour ride from Vail down to Montrose, uh, Colorado, and. I remember there was rain starting to come and it was starting to get dark. So I was like, oh, I should probably pull over pretty soon. And I remember seeing the semi flipped over on the side of the, or on the road that had blocked traffic for a little bit because I think, I don't know if it was the wind that took it, but it was starting to get pretty windy and the calls were getting pretty dark. So I figured I should probably pull off pretty soon. And I remember uh, in Delta, Colorado, I had gone over this train track and you know it was a big bump, but didn't really think much of it. And ended up driving to Montrose and pulling off and finding a, a room to stay at in a hotel um, <clears throat> and realizing that, you know, I was going to go unpack my bags. So I was going to take off my pack and then my saddlebags and realized my saddlebag was already off the bike. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, it's one thing to be out, you know, 10, 20, 30 miles an hour from home and, and to lose your belongings. Means, um, but it's a different thing to be like 18 hours away when you're by yourself. And in that saddlebag, I had um, my cash. I had some cash in that saddlebag. I had my my um, phone charger. And I realized my phone was starting to get low on battery. I was like, oh gosh. Um, I had my my makeup, and I joked because I'm like, I had my lip gloss in there, and that was my one form of feminine uh, sanity, being on the road by yourself and having like sunburned lips. I'm like, not my lip gloss, like dang it. <laughs> um, but but I had my ID in there. I had, um, um, and I always do this. I travel with an ID and a card in one place, and another a spare card in a, uh, another you know, place in case that ever happens again. Um, but I lost the saddle like somewhere between. Vail and Montrose, Colorado. So this is a five-hour ride, and I'm on a motorcycle by myself, starting to get dark, and I have no idea um, what I'm going to do. And I'm like, oh, way to get myself into these things. You know, I always get myself into, um, you know, if it's going to happen, it's probably going to happen to me, but whatever. Um, but I, it's interesting because in those times, like, I find um, I've done a lot of disaster relief with the Red Cross, and so, like, I've been through a lot of chaotic situations. And I've learned that just breathing through some of that, it's like, okay, well, I can't do anything about it right now, but what can I do? Um, and so I ended up calling the state patrol and or the the, the state troopers, whatever, because I wasn't going to be able to go back. It was already dark. And I wouldn't find it somewhere in the five hours. But I, I remember telling them on the phone that I, I lost a saddle. Like, if you happen to find it in the you know, five hour drive just let me know but my phone's about to die so i don't know how you're gonna get a hold of me um but they they laughed kind of on the phone like yeah you expect us to find it and just let you know like, okay yeah it's probably not gonna happen um but it was weird because i wanted to go unload the other bag and the rest of my stuff from my motorcycle and this i think is this speaks to what bikers kind of do with each other or you know having faith in the good in people like a lot of people are scared to travel i think because they're scared of bad people or the things that could go wrong but there's a lot of beautiful things that could go right right um, so i went to go and load my saddlebag the other the one that was still attached and somebody had come up and i pulled into the parking lot and they're like are you leo mish and i'm like 
you know, I'm all the way down in Colorado from Wisconsin. Like, I'm not close to home where I would know anybody. And I was like, what? And they're like, are you Leo with the Indian? I was like, well, yeah. And they're like, let me grab something. And so his daughter comes out of the truck and she's holding my saddlebag. And he's like, we found this on the side of the road in the town back um, in Delta where I got over that train track. And, and I was like, well, why did you decide to pick it up and just try to find me? He, I'm like, how did you find me? Um, and he said, you know, him and his daughter were driving around and they saw the saddlebag and they were thinking, you know, somebody, somebody's bag. But the way that they found me is like they knew that the storm was coming. They knew that it was getting close to dark. So they, the motorcyclist would probably be pulling off pretty soon um, to stay for the night. So they drove to the next town um, and just looked through some of the hotel parking lots. And mine was the only Indian there. And so they knew that it was likely mine. So I was like, oh, my gosh, and here's my saddlebag. It's a little bit bruised, but it's my saddlebag and it has my money in it and it has um my my lip gloss, my ID, it has my my belongings still in it, which they could have totally just taken the money and ditched it. Um, but I think the coolest part of that story was, um, and, you know, I didn't know how I was going to get my saddlebag back on. There was a piece that had broke off of it, um, and I'm by myself, and I'm not super mechanical at that time. Um, but he said that he used to ride back in the day, and that he only lived probably 10 minutes away. He's like, well, come by my place in the morning. And we'll get you on your way to ride the million dollar highway. I think I can fix this. And so it was really cool. When I pulled up that next morning, um, he was living in this big warehouse. So he, he oversaw this warehouse, but he was living in a camper in this warehouse um, where cats were kind of running around. And it wasn't, um, it was, it was eye opening to me because like he, this was a person that just wanted to help to get me on my way. And that saw, um, somebody that needed help and stopping helping. And then, you know, they could have taken the money and then just ditched it, but they, they didn't. And um, I think that's one of the coolest parts of traveling and meeting new people or um, having some of those experiences. Like you really see the good in people. Granted, there are the scary parts and the bad parts, but um, I think that there's so much more good out there than we give credit for. And I feel like a lot of people are scared to travel sometimes because it could be a dangerous place and, or it could be, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. Well, you really don't know what's going to happen a lot of times in life. And I often tell people when they're like, are you scared to travel around the country on a motorcycle by yourself? And granted, yes, there were times that I was like, hmm, this isn't probably a good situation. So I removed myself from the situation and I leave, you know, like, or like, I've, you know, I don't put myself in a poor situation, but I often say, I'm like, no, I'm more scared of going to the Walmart parking lot. Some of the people in that parking lot are scarier than some of the people that I meet out on the road. And actually, there's really a lot of cool people that I've met on the road and I've stayed in touch with a lot of these people over the years. So it's fun to see how those friendships have developed in, um, over the years. Well, developing those friendships on the road, that is one of those beautiful things that can go right. Like you said, I love that, I love that quote that you, you dropped there. Just focus on all the beautiful things that can go right. And the overwhelming majority of people in every corner of this world are not out to get us. That's just statistics don't support the idea that everyone, that there's danger lurking around every corner and every person out there is looking to take advantage of us. In fact, the, the truth is, is quite the opposite of that. Now, talking about, about fear, 
and you know just your particular situation what's more scary to you just the the actual act of spending so much time on a motorcycle and the inherent dangers there or just going from town to town and just the the unknown and the uncertainty that goes with um, with visiting all these places which is the scarier of those two for you well i i i definitely have to say that it's being on the motorcycle like i find that in the times of meeting new people and seeing new things like it's i always reflect back on that time of you know what happened, what did go right. And oftentimes you have a a situation that you're like, shoot, I don't know what I'm going to do. And it's weird, but life ends up working itself out and it it almost works itself out better than if you had planned it to be a specific way. Um, But I would definitely say that it is riding the motorcycle because, you know, I did get in that accident before and I did have my back broken and I have broken bones, broken ribs broken clavicle like i've broken bones enough before where i respect the you know riding a motorcycle isn't always the safest but i find there's so much joy in riding the motorcycle um you know it's kind of almost a form of meditation sometimes because it's you the motorcycle the road Um, and you see things on the road from such a different perspective and you're able um to to travel in a different way where um, life is so much more colorful uh and you're more vulnerable you know like when it rains it's not like you're sitting in a car and everything's fine it's you got to watch the weather, you know how to ride in some of the rain. But, you know, I guess a fear would be that, you know, I know that riding has its ups and downs. I try to be as, you know, I am a safe rider, um, but there's always you know, the unknown of happening or getting in an accident and being by yourself. You know, I, I try to keep updated on Facebook or let my family know um, where I'm traveling so that if anything did happen, that they would at least. But um, I think, yeah, that is probably more scary than going into the unknown, because I think that that going into the unknown and and figuring your way out, like, and finding out how you're going to make this situation work. There's a lot of times that I've, I've I've done a lot of traveling. So I remember, like, even just getting on a train and driving or riding out to the East Coast and not really knowing where I was going to stay or having a car to get back. But, you know, like, you figure things out when you're out there. And I think that's some of the joy in the journey is that that unknown piece and then you you find a lot of uh, confidence in yourself being like hey i did that and i didn't think i could do that well that's been a constant theme throughout this this interview now there's this one thing after another where you look at it as this kind of unattainable or you know un uh, scalable wall like the 5k or can I do this 5k or can I, is it possible to ride a motorcycle through all 50 States? Can I ride from Wisconsin all the way to Colorado? And you figured out that you can. And I really encourage folks out there to, to really challenge your beliefs and challenge, um, just challenge yourself. There's a lot of things out there that you can do that you don't give yourself credit for or that you don't believe are possible. Leah is living proof here that these things are possible. Ask those questions and then ask why, if you think you can't do something, ask yourself why. Why do you really think you can't do that? And 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 those limiting beliefs can be broken through. So let's talk about Leah. Let's talk about what you're doing right now. You're, you're riding your motorcycle around the country, but you're doing it with a purpose. You are actually, you know, you're sharing your message uh, with with readers on your blog, and then even through public speaking gigs. So talk a little bit about that. Just how you're getting that message out there, and what do you want us, the listeners, Dramatic Travels family, to take away from your journey and from your message. I've shared my story enough times where people are like it impacted their life to some extent or 
David said that you should write a book about some of this. You know, I've sat down and had coffee with people and um, or given speeches to colleges and or women's shelters or just, uh, experiences with my disaster relief. Like there's been so many times that I've spoken on different things and I've had people impacted to the point where they start doing some of that um, or asking like how I did it. And it's fun for me to see that change. Like there was a girl um, when I was speaking to a college that it really spoke to her and she ended up graduating from college and wanting to do some of the traveling herself and was scared of it. She ended up um, going over to Africa and doing some missionary work, but you know, like she ended up reaching out to me and kind of asking some of those beginning steps. So for me, it's fun to see and share that with other people um, in, in sharing that, you know, sharing my story because I feel like there's purpose in the story, um, but then also seeing other people doing similar things and seeing, you know, the excitement and reaching a goal they never thought that they could do or in traveling and seeing that just kind of unfold. Um, so that's where you go girl kind of continued on. And it's fun to see how, um, it's just grown over the years. Uh, I ended up doing uh, the Dancing with the Lacrosse Stars. So it was a fundraiser for the Red Cross. And that was the team name. So it grew even more after that. And the You Go Girl and the message, you know, continuing on. Um, and I recently, well, uh, about a year ago, I started the, the blogging on um, the website with Riding with Leah. Just because so many people are asking about it. And my Facebook uh, page it cuts you off at like five thousand friends and it, uh, it's interesting but like uh this is a way for me to kind of grow that and continue that on i still try to keep people posted through facebook and it's fun to see um people in in the excitement and being like oh hey this, that's a girl that you know or it's weird when people recognize me somebody recognized me okay, so i'm from wisconsin i was driving through texas louisiana um, and somebody from Colorado was at the Texas Louisiana state line and it was, I, I stopped to take a picture, you know, to prove that I was in the state and yeah, like I made it to Louisiana and there was these two other guys that were there and, um, they're like, Oh, where are you from? Like, Oh, Wisconsin. And, um, and they asked where they were from in California, Colorado. And it was interesting because the, one of the guys was like, wait, do you know, and he mentioned a person's name and he's like, do you know this person? And I was like, oddly, yes, I do. And he's like, he totally told me that I need to meet you. And I'm like, in Colorado, I'll be speaking, you know, and so he was saying that I needed to meet him then. And here we're just randomly coming across in the state line to people traveling on the road and our, crosses, our paths crossed realizing um, that there was already a connection with that. It's kind of interesting. Did I answer the question? Well, it was, it was really just kind of giving you an open forum to just talk about your, just your mission, traveling on the road, sharing through your blog and then connect well and connecting with people. That was, that was actually a great way to wrap up that story because you're sharing your story through your blog and through Facebook. And obviously it's getting around and then to be able to, to then be, meeting this these two guys on the border who had heard of you through various channels that just shows that your message is is getting out there and just the technology here in 2018 is phenomenal or just gives us this phenomenal tool 
to to share our message and i think you're taking great advantage of it but you're not just sitting back and letting technology do everything for you you're out there on the road you know shaking hands pressing the flesh speaking in public and just getting your message out and i think it's it's really beautiful i think you're you're doing a great job and it's such a unique and fun story to follow i follow along if i saw you on the side of the road sitting there on scout taking a picture i would recognize you i would say hello because of <laughs> because of your blog because of facebook it's that uh, really is a wonderful thing Leah, we're going to step aside for just a moment here from our nonprofit partner, and we're going to be right back. We're going to wrap up with some travel tips from Leah Mish. Stick around. Flight is a nonprofit organization that empowers students in underserved communities through transformative travel experiences. I believe in flight because I believe that every student deserves a chance to expand his or her global education, regardless of where they come from or how much money they have. I encourage you to visit DramaticTravels.com slash flight. There you'll find links to join the flight community and donate to this fantastic organization. That address again is DramaticTravels.com slash flight. All right, Dramatic Travels family, we are back. We are speaking with Leah Mish, who's joining us all the way from Wisconsin. You can learn more about Leah at ridingwithleah.com. Now, Leah, tell us about a gadget or a tool that you always travel with. I often take my phone. That's a, a source for directions. It's a source for uh, keeping taking pictures, uh, communicating through Facebook, email, um, I would say my phone is probably one of the most important things, but um, on the motorcycle, I always ride with rain gear. It's been a, it's been a savior in many different cases. Um, and then I have a backpack that I usually travel with. Um, and on the back, I have a, a map of the United States and I color off each of the states as I um, travel through them. Leah, can you recommend for us a travel-related book and tell us why it's so special? The, the one where the girl hiked. Um, the the PCT the Pacific Coast oh, Trail uh, wild or into the wild yeah the wild yeah wild yeah that would be I would say one of the coolest books that I've read and I think it, like I read that book a few months before I did that that ten thousand mile tour so I think that was kind of an inspiring thing for me being like hey she hiked the entire trail wonder and she didn't know a whole lot of what she was doing and had never done anything to that extent before yeah very similar to very similar vibe to what to what you're doing today and i yeah just being able to just step out of a very quote-unquote ordinary life and challenge yourself to do something amazing just like you're doing now leah you, you mentioned earlier in the interview that you're still you still have some north uh, eastern states to cover but tell us what is your biggest travel dream that hasn't come true yet um well uh, going to Alaska. So like I've watched the sun rise and set in all of the states except for Alaska. So um, reaching uh, Alaska and watching the sunrise or set is my goal. Uh, the the riding in all the states, it's in um, the northeastern states that I haven't ridden yet. Yeah, I feel like I've had some really awesome opportunities in traveling, like, you know, going over to New Zealand or traveling in Paris. Um, hmm. Yeah, I think Alaska is my my ultimate goal at this point. Well, here's what I want you to do, Leah. When you get to Alaska, and I know you will, I want you to get back in touch with us, Dramatic Travels family. Give us an update. Let us know that you made it, that those travel dreams are coming true everywhere. My friends out there in podcast land, we've been speaking with Leah Mish, and you can check her out at writingwithleah.com, and she has shared her email with me that we're going to give to you right now. It's yougogirl at writingwithleah.com. 
definitely get in touch if this story has inspired you and follow Leah on her journey. She's on the road. She's sharing her inspirational story through public speaking gigs and you can book Leah to speak at your event. Just go to ridingwithleah.com. And of course, everything we talked about today on this interview, all the the links and the resources are going to be at dramatictravels.com slash 24. Leah Mish, thanks so much for joining us on Dramatic Travels. Hope you have a great one. Thank you so much, Aaron, for having me today. I really appreciate the time and listening and sharing my story with you guys. Yes, indeed, my friend. I really hope you enjoyed my chat with Leah Mish today. There's more to explore from this and every episode over at DramaticTravels.com. And all the notes, all the links from this episode are at DramaticTravels.com slash 24. Aaron Schlein signing off for today. And remember, my friend, your emotional memories are your most powerful memories. So please put some emotion in your motion. See you later.